first, let me tell you about sweat block. If you have to deal with embarrassing sweat, you know, just about any time you get into a public situation or if you're sweating all the time because you're outside, uh, you can project confidence because you won't have to worry about whether or not you're going to sweat through your shirt. You uh, thankfully don't do it all the time. Maybe you do. If you have that problem, uh, you know, and all the time, then you're going to really love sweat block. But project confidence and never let them see you sweat, they used to say. But that will still allow them to see you sweat. These magic wipes from Sweat Block, you apply them once and they'll keep you sweat free for days. I am telling you, it is, it's incredible. It's just a different game. If you haven't tried Sweat Block yet, this message is for you. Improved confidence comes with a discount. Use the promo code Beck at sweatblock.com for 20% off. Sweatblock.com, promo code Beck, also available in apps. Fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I have to tell you something. In fact, stop the music. I, I have to tell you something that I am really disgusted by. Yesterday, we found out about Donald Trump. We find out that yet there's more charges against Donald Trump. This is a blatant attempt to do uh, nothing but harm the the candidate's foe this is the president and the democratic party using every tool they can to destroy a man and to make sure that he loses an election if this isn't if this isn't enough for you try this since the assassination of my father in 1968 Candidates for president are provided Secret Service protection, but apparently not for me, writes RFK Jr. Typical uh, turnaround time for pro forma protection requests from presidential candidates is 14 days. After 88 days of no response and after several follow-ups by our campaign, the Biden administration has just denied our request for Secret Service protection. Secretary Mayorkas has said, quote, I have determined that Secret Service protection for Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is not warranted at this time. Our campaign's request included a 67-page report from the world's leading protection firm detailing unique and well-established security and safety risks aside from commonplace death threats. This is sickening, absolutely sickening. I cannot take the double standard. It is becoming dangerous. They are putting a president in jail while there is real evidence that this president sold you and your country out. And they're covering it up. And we all know they're covering it up. And not only are they putting Donald Trump in jail or trying to put him in jail, they're doing it merely for political reasons. One, to say, don't you dare stand up against us. We'll destroy you. 
Two, to make sure he's never president a second time because he stands up against them. And now Robert F. Kennedy, the only guy that's really has a shot at beating Biden because he's talking common sense. And you'll notice he is saying some of the same things that Republicans say, independents say some of the same things that even Donald Trump is saying that there's a deep state and it's corrupt. Of course, they're going to destroy him. This is so transparent, so thinly veiled, so absolutely un-American, it's sickening. I, uh, I'm sorry, but uh, I don't give this administration the benefit of the doubt in anything anymore. I Even this week, I, was, I said something about the administration and uh, I was talking about it on TV. I can't remember what it was. And I, because I just listened to it again this morning. And I thought, my gosh, look at you're giving him the benefit of the doubt. Nobody on the left would ever do that for you or anybody else. And I always try to be fair. There is no reason to give this administration the benefit of the doubt that they're on the up and up, that they're honest, that they're trying to do the right thing anymore. No more. No more. All right, let me, uh, before we get into it, we have a really great hour for you. Before we get into that, let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It is Goldline. You know, here's another thing. Their target is 3% inflation. That's their target. We're not at 3% inflation. Okay? If we're at 5% inflation for the next five years, do you know what that costs you? And you think, you think that it's just going to cost you at the grocery store or whatever. It doesn't. 3%, which is their target, if they have 3% interest for 10 years, you've lost almost 40 cents, almost half a dollar on every dollar that you have saved. And that's their target. And they, they won't tell you to buy gold. Gold, they keep raising interest rates, which always brings gold down because that's a sign they're trying to control inflation. But that's a sham because they're not trying to uh, uh, control inflation. The government is spending so much money. It's, you're, you're, there's nowhere for the dollar to go but down. So gold is going up. Why? Well, because they know that this is a fraud, and two, all of the central banks, all of the governments, are buying gold. Now, why would they say you're crazy for buying gold if they're buying it? Do not listen to these liars. I'm sorry, this is a commercial, so I shouldn't be that forceful. Don't listen to me for investment advice. Goldline has a special right now this week on their fractional quarter ounce gold Mayflower rounds. With every one quarter ounce gold Mayflower purchased, you'll receive two of the silver Mind Your Business bars absolutely free. Get a little free silver when you acquire gold today. Call 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Okay. Um, thank you. Uh, I have to tell you, I, uh, I met a gentleman a few weeks ago and he gave me his card because he said, I am, uh, the official documenting photographer of the shroud of Turin when they did the last, uh, test on the shroud of Turin. If you don't know what the shroud of Turin is, it is said to be the burial cloth of Christ. 
And uh, there's a lot of controversy about it because the carbon dating shows that it's not from uh, the time of Christ. It's like 800 or 1,000 years later. Um, and they can tell you that it's definitely not the Shroud of Christ, but they cannot explain the image on the Shroud. It is almost a photographic negative of a body uh, that has all of the wounds that Christ would have had. They can't tell you what it is, but they can tell you what it's not. Well, Barry talks to me, and then all of a sudden, one of my producers, uh, who was taking Torah study, um, hears about Barry uh, in her Torah study, and she reaches out to Barry, and unbeknownst to me, she says, we got to get you on the show. So, and this day that I come in to tell everybody we got a, a book, Barry, you know, down in Texas, I'm in Idaho. My producer says, hey, we got we to gotta get Barry on. I think he's going to be great. And I said, have I already told you guys about him? No. Why? I think it's a God thing that he's on. His name is Barry Schwartz, and he is joining us now. Hello, Barry. How are you? I'm doing great, Glenn. Thanks for having me on the program. You bet. So, um, Barry, you are the uh, the official documenting photographer. So you were up close and personal with the shroud. You took all of the the pictures. Were you a believer that this was the the burial uh, garb of of Christ when you first absolutely, started? Absolutely, absolutely not, Glenn. I was a total skeptic. I was uh, raised in an Orthodox Jewish home, uh, although I'm a secular Jew and not practicing. I didn't really have any emotional attachment to the Shroud, um, and my involvement mainly came from my background as a photographer and imaging specialist, and so I, I was invited onto the team to uh, participate in the examination of the Shroud. We spent five days and nights nonstop working around the clock back in 1978, and performed the first and only in-depth scientific study of that cloth that's ever been done in its history. Okay, so you were one of three Jew <clears throat> Jewish members of the Shroud team. <clears throat> were there non-skeptics on the team? Uh, I'm sure that a few of the, uh, the members of the team were uh, less skeptical than I was, let's put it that way. Okay. Uh, I think that most of the team members came from Los Alamos National Labs, Sandia Labs, Air Force Weapons Lab. So uh, these were hardcore scientists, and thank God for that, because if they weren't hardcore scientists, the whole world might have blown up by now. So uh, they were very <laughs> meticulous and, and absolutely the most empirical scientists I've ever worked with. Okay, so they did the tests, and they said uh, it's, it's, the carbon dating is wrong, and well, it's not the shroud. The carbon dating didn't happen until 10 years after we examined the shroud. Uh, our team examined it, and our primary purpose was really to determine how that image was formed. Is it a painting? Is it a scorch? Or was it made photographically? And ultimately, the science eliminated all those possibilities. So, so as you said in the intro, uh, we can tell you what it's not, but we don't know of a mechanism that can create an image on a piece of cloth with the same chemical and physical properties that we documented on the shroud. 
So does it look like there's, I mean, was it something that you were like, we can't explain it, but we can see somehow or another it's man created? Well, we don't believe it is. There's nothing been added to the surface of that cloth. And I mean, that's the first thing we looked for was any paint, pigments, binders, anything that would imply that something had been added to the cloth that would have created the image, and we found nothing. If, if anything, the image itself is made of yellow discolored fibers, and it's the concentration of those fibers in any given area that indicates the darkness of that area itself. So there really was nothing added there. So my initial response, even though I was totally skeptic, after about the first 15 minutes of looking at it with a 10x magnifier, uh, I, I knew that there wasn't any paint on the surface of that. And ultimately, our, our mass spectrometry and chemical analyses, x-ray analyses, all of that showed that nothing has been added, no pigments, no paints, nothing has been added to that cloth to create that image. I have to tell you, um, that's not what I thought the Shroud of Turin experts said. Uh, I've always thought that the scientific experts deny that this is, uh, you know, from the time period, and it was definitely man-made. It's well, not... Mentioned, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, yeah, go ahead. You, you mentioned the radiocarbon dating, which was done 10 years after our team completed our work. And uh, for decades after that, the world said, well, the shroud must be a fake. It took 27 years in the Freedom of Information Act to get the British Museum that was the overseer of the three labs that did the uh, examine or did the uh, radiocarbon testing. It, it took 27 years for the British Museum to release the raw data, which is very unusual. Historically, a scientist, once his work is published in a journal, will release the raw data so other scientists can either repeat the experiment, which is part of the scientific method, or uh, perhaps take the information and, and try and get, go further with it. Um, so we finally got the raw data, and we can understand why they didn't want to release it, it showed that the sample site, and there was only one sample taken, which is already bad science, it showed that that sample was inhomogeneous, meaning it was a strip that was cut, and there was one date at one end, and hundreds of years later at the other end of that strip. So there was nowhere on that strip that we can claim gave us the date for anywhere else on that cloth, and they never took a control sample from anywhere else. So the radiocarbon dating... So, so wait, wait, wait. Wait, I, I want to make sure I understand this. So this was like a a repair made later on the cloth? Correct. That there's they took? Evidence, yep, there's evidence in that corner where the sample was taken that there's cotton interwoven. And, you know, that goes against Jewish law. Uh, it's called mixing of the kinds. And you're not supposed to mix wool with cotton or cotton with the linen. Uh, a burial shroud of someone of high stature is supposed to be pure linen. And yet we found cotton in the corner that was ultimately radiocarbon dated, and that implied that there was a repair or reweaving done in that corner. And so they dated a repaired corner of the shroud, which could not give us an accurate date for anywhere else on that cloth. 
Okay, let me take a quick break and then come back with you. I want to ask you, how do we know that there wasn't carbon in the rest of it if we didn't take another sample of the shroud? You can answer that when we come back. The fight against leftism and all of the dangerous things it stands for has only begun. Our victories, our losses serve as a force in which our character as conservative people are shaped and tested. I am committed to the fight against injustice, indecency, and I will not change. I hope you're with me on this fight. If you're like me, you've made a commitment to never send money to leftists or leftist causes when you don't have to. Well, if you have a cell phone and you're one, you're with one of the big three, you are sending money to those people. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. They have dependable nationwide coverage on all three major networks. They're on the same towers, so you get the best possible service in your area. You're not going to lose your coverage that you really like, and you will not have to pay for all of the leftist propaganda. In fact, when you make the switch to Patriot Mobile, you're letting the world know you support free speech, religious freedom, sanctity of human life, the Second Amendment, our military veterans, and first responder heroes. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Beck or call 878-PATRIOT. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Get free activation today with the offer code Beck. Ask about their coverage guarantee while you're there. It's PatriotMobile.com slash Beck or 878-PATRIOT. 10 seconds, station ID. Yeah. So um, we're talking to Barry, uh, uh, Barry Schwartz, and he is the Shroud of Turin Research Project official documenting photographer. Uh, he's also the Shroud of Turin Education and Research Association president. Um, and he has started shroud.com. Um, first, let's go back to there's cotton and it should have been pure linen. And this is from a strip that looks like it was a repair for, you know, maybe done at a later date. And that explains the carbon dating, you say. But how Correct. do you know that there isn't cotton through the rest of the fiber if you didn't test the rest of the fiber? Well, during our examination five days and nights in 78, uh, we carefully examined, you know, the shroud's 15, uh, almost 15 feet long. So while one yeah. scientist group was working at one side of the shroud or one end of the shroud, other researchers were evaluating other parts of the cloth. And Ray, Ray Rogers, the, our lead chemist from Los Alamos National Lab, probably spent more time in front of that cloth than all the rest of us put together with a microscope examining fibers from every part of that cloth. Okay. And we found no cotton anywhere else in that cloth, particularly interwoven. We were wearing white cotton gloves, and some of the white cotton from our gloves well, got onto the cloth. But that's modern cotton and distinguishable from ancient cotton. So why would the British Museum do this? Well, uh, you know, Glenn, I, it's hard for me to speak to this, but I, I will say this, that uh, as soon as the results were leaked, even before the, their paper was published claiming the shroud was uh, medieval, um, the British Museum, or rather the uh, Oxford Laboratory, one of the three labs that examined the shroud, received a million pounds sterling from anonymous donors for debunking the shroud, 
and Dr. Michael Tide of the British Museum Whoa. left the British Museum and took a permanent chair at Oxford with some of that money. So <laughs> I hate to say follow the money, but perhaps wow. that had some influence. Okay, so you were a skeptic. Um, you didn't believe in it. You're you're Jewish. Um, you didn't feel emotional when you first approached uh, the shroud, which I would think I would. Um, even if it isn't real, it is so inspiring. And uh, you know, if somebody did it, it's it's a miracle they did it. We don't know understand how they did it. Right. Um, well, look. But I, how do I you feel? Go ahead. I think we all had reverence for the subject matter. We all appreciated the fact that not only was this an object of scientific research, but it was also an object of faith for a billion or so people. So we all had great respect for it. And so although I, I didn't have the same emotional response that perhaps some of my uh, Christian fellow team members might have had, uh, we all treated it with the highest respect and Correct. regard and, and uh, acted professionally throughout Sure. Now, how do you feel now? Well, it took 17 years after we finished, and I had access, of course, to all of the scientific research. And after about 17 years, all of the questions that I had that had been unanswered became answered, and I, I had to resign myself to the fact that the most plausible explanation for this was that this is the burial shroud of the historic Jesus of Nazareth. You know, you don't have to be a Christian to accept the historicity of Jesus and to accept that Correct. we might have a, an artifact of that man's life considering the impact he's had on this planet. That is uh, quite a statement. Um, all right, so let me, take a, let me take another break, and I want to come back and just ask you, um, uh, how? Why would you say it is the the man from Nazareth? Um, still, how would it have been made? And was there any sign of blood or anything else on that shroud? More from Barry Schwartz in just a second. We're talking about the Shroud of Turin. You can visit his website at shroud.com. Get all of the information about the Shroud. Back with more. The Glenn Beck Program. There is nothing better than, you know, one of those, I just got the best sleep of my life feelings when you wake up in the morning. It makes facing your day a whole lot easier, and we need good sleep. It's MyPillow's 20th anniversary, and when you use the promo code BECK, you're going to get the lowest price ever on a queen-size MyPillow. The regular price is $69.98. You're going to get it for $19.98, and the king size is just $10 more. You'll also find deep discounts on a other amazing MyPillow products. So join in the celebration today. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square to receive Mike's amazing offer on the queen-size MyPillow for $19.98 with promo code BECK, or you can call 800-966-3117. The offer comes with a 10-year warranty, a 60-day money-back guarantee. You don't have anything to lose with a trial period like this. Get a good quality night's sleep 
when you need them every night. MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com. 800-966-3117. Use the promo code Beck and save. Also, check out my show, Pat Gray Unleashed, every weekday from 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time or anytime and anywhere you get your podcasts. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We're glad you're here. Thank you so much for listening. It's Friday. Glenn, just have a quick update on the Joe the Plumber fundraiser, uh, which yeah. you can contribute to at Give, Send, Go, and just, and just search on Joe the Plumber. But just since the in- end of the interview with, with him, this audience has donated so generously. We're just $5,000 away from $50,000 now, which I, I guess is a really it's long incredible. way to the well of saying... $45,000 has been raised so far. <laughs> uh, 15000 of that missed this, just since the interview yeah. ended. So that's great. Yeah. Thank you. We, we, uh, we did an interview with Joe the Plumber. He is very, very sick. He has liver and pancreas cancer. Uh, and uh, we'll make sure that we, we send out that uh, interview. It was, it was mm-hmm. really a powerful interview. Uh, so thank you for that. Go to Give, Send, Go and just look for Joe the Plumber. Just search for that and you'll find him. We're talking to Barry Schwartz. He is the official documenting photographer for the Shroud of Turin Research Project. Uh, he was a member of the team that completed the first extensive scientific examination of the Shroud of Turin in 1978. He spent 120 hours with the Shroud. He's an Orthodox Jew who believes that the man Jesus was truly wrapped in the Shroud of Turin. And he did that and came to that conclusion uh, 27 years after uh, he examined the Shroud because he finally got some answers. Uh, Barry, um, was there any blood on the Shroud? Yes, Glenn, actually, uh we definitely should address the stains that are on the cloth. Uh, there are forensically accurate blood stains from a spear wound, from crucifixion wounds in the hands and in the feet. The body is heavily scourged both in the back and in the front, far more accurate than Christian depictions of Jesus' scourging. And there are blood stains on the head from a cap or crown of thorns. People often ask me, why do you think it's Jesus? Well, the Romans crucified lots of people, and they probably stuck a spear into a lot of them as well. But only one man in recorded history that we know of who proclaimed himself the king of the Jews was crowned to humiliate him with a nasty thorn bush on his head. And we have blood stains on his scalp and head from the crown of thorns. So if you take all the facts, people often ask me what convinced me. And the answer is all of the above. There is so much evidence pointing in favor of this being an artifact of the historical Jesus that uh, it took me all those years, but ultimately I came to accept that we have an artifact of that man and what was done to him at that point in his life. So when you did the study and you found the blood, um, but then you found nothing on the cloth that provided the image, 
What, right. what do you What do you think? What, well, here, here's what an do you think that might have been? Sure, but here's an interesting thing. Wherever there's blood on the shroud, there's no image. That implies that the blood got onto the cloth by direct contact with the body before the image was formed, because there's no image under the blood stains. So uh, what I think is that we have uh, an artifact. Think about this. When the tomb was found empty and the cloth was found, they couldn't very well come running out of the tomb and saying, look what we found, because it violates several Jewish laws. It contains blood and must be buried with the body. And, of course, it contained an image, which is forbidden to this day by both Jews and Muslims alike. So they had to hide it, and uh, otherwise iconoclasts would have come and probably destroyed it and anybody who had it in their possession. Wow. So um, I've always looked at the shroud as um, a photo negative. It's almost like at the time of resurrection, it's it, like a burst of light and that burned that image into that cloth. How do you explain the image? Well, you know, if I could answer that question, Glenn, I'd be way ahead of the game by now. <laughs> <laughs> the question that, that remains the question: How did this image get there? You know, with all the science that's been performed on it, and I have to I have to remind everyone: only one set of scientific tests have ever been performed on the shroud uh, since our work in uh, 1978, 45 years ago. No one else has ever been given permission to examine it. So our science forms the database of peer-reviewed science documenting specifically what's on that cloth. And uh, sadly, after all this time, uh, we couldn't answer that one question, how is the image formed? It still remains a mystery. So what were the questions that you had that made you, uh, that you said, I had to answer, and now I've got all of the answers? Well, what were those questions that were out there? The, the main question was, you know, was this some form of artwork or painting? And so certainly yeah. we had with us the uh, spectral characteristics of every paint and pigment known to man from medieval to modern times so that we had that as a database for comparison to what we found on the shroud. And there's no paint or pigment anywhere on that cloth. So we were able to eliminate it being an artwork or at least created that way. One of the other uh, ideas was that it might have been a scorch caused by somebody said heating a statue and laying the shroud onto it. Well, one of our mm. tests, ultraviolet fluorescence photography, showed all the actual scorches. There are burns and scorches on the shroud from a fire in 1532, and all the actual scorches from a high-temperature event all fluoresced in the, in the red on our fluorescence photography. And the image did not fluoresce at all, so it was not the product of a high-temperature event. So we were able to eliminate scorching. And photographically, if it were made photographically, there would be silver all over the cloth because that's the light-sensitive material that would have been used. We found zero silver anywhere on the cloth and were able to eliminate photography as well. So even though it has one property, like a photographic negative, the lights and darks are inverted from what we're used to seeing, um, that's about the only characteristics of the shroud's image that's like a photograph. There's depth information encoded into the density of the image, and this is where it gets a little complicated, but that depth information yields a topographical 
shape of a human form, normal photography doesn't do that. So we've eliminated all those, and we're still left with the mystery of how was this image formed. Are there any other... Pat, do you believe... Are there any other... I'm sorry, I was just going to ask you. Yeah. Are, uh, Barry, do you know of any other instance where uh, a shroud, a burial shroud, has had images burned into it? Well, the the problem with that question is that historically, burial shrouds wrap a body. Mm-hmm. Both of them deep. They're both made organically. They both decompose over time. So finding intact burial shrouds is very rare indeed. In fact, I don't. I'm not aware of any intact burial shrouds other than this one, oh. and that indicates wow. it was separated from the body at some point in time after about thirty to thirty-six hours. And is there DNA on it? Did they... Well, there's a lot of DNA on it, including my own. Because okay. In 1978, <laughs> we didn't know about DNA, and we all right. handled it and touched it and breathed on it and leaned over it. So there's lots of DNA on it, which eliminates DNA as a viable test mm-hmm. because of the contamination. So you are you are Jewish. You uh, believe this was from the man uh, named Jesus. Correct. If you approach this today, um, and I know you approached it with reverence for what it is, sure. um, does it does it carry any God meaning to you? Well, you know, from from my point of view, um, I think that Christians who look at it, many believe this is a product of the resurrection, a result from the resurrection event. You know, I always right. tell people that science has to stay within the observable and the measurable. Correct. Faith, ha- faith has no boundaries. So people of faith can look at this and believe this is the product of the resurrection. And it, from a scientific point of view, that's not a theory that we can test. Nobody knows the mechanism of resurrection. You can't use one unknown to prove another unknown. So I always Correct. tell people, look, what does your heart tell you? Follow your faith. Jesus himself said that the kingdom of God is within us. So I just tell people, look, the answer to faith isn't on the cloth. It's in the eyes and hearts of those who look upon it. And Mm -hmm. I think that's where you have to be. You know that for those to whom this is important, it's there as a symbol of their faith. And for those who want to walk away from it, and I've met many people who just shrug and walk away, that's up to them as well. Uh, the answer to faith is within each of us, and we each have to find that space for ourselves. And you, but you say this was the man, Jesus of Nazareth, and that is just because of the markings on it? Yeah, I don't know of anyone else that suffered the very specific set of tortures that are well documented in the New Testament that were uh, performed on Jesus, and this forensically accurately documents all of those wounds exactly as described in the Gospels. Hmm. Yeah, it's fascinating talking to you, Barry. Um, I was just over in, um, in Europe, and I said to my wife, uh, I so want to go see the Shroud of Turin, and I, I wasn't sure what it was. <clears throat> I, you know, I actually uh, kind of believed the carbon dating stuff, that it probably was not, but I looked at it as a miraculous piece of, of art that we just don't understand. Well, Glenn, um, there, but, there are uh, now at least five peer-reviewed scientific papers in the scientific literature disputing the radiocarbon dating, including 
the last one that came out based on the raw data that we finally got our hands on. And it shows that they were sort of cooking the data and eliminated a lot of their tests because if they had kept them, they couldn't have reached the 95% certainty that they claimed. So I, I don't believe that the radiocarbon dating was valid. And I think there's a now massive amount of scientific evidence that proves that. So I think that we have to start again, and perhaps in the future they'll allow another set of tests and perhaps perform a radiocarbon dating that is more uh, accurate than the one that they used in 1988 that claimed the shroud was a medieval fake. You can see all of the evidence and everything else at shroud.com. You see some of the pictures of everything that happened. Barry Schwartz is his name. Uh, the Shroud of Turin Research Project official documenting photographer and Shroud of Turin Education and Research Association president. Thank you so much, Barry. God bless. My pleasure, and God bless you and yours. Yeah. Uh, wow. What do you think, Pat? Really interesting. I don't know what to think about the Shroud. I, you know, I haven't studied it that carefully, but uh, that's yeah. what he said is fascinating. I had no idea about the the wound marks in his side. Did had you heard that before? Oh yeah! Wow, that's oh amazing. yeah. I've, I I know I was raised Catholic, so I know the Shroud of Turin, mm-hmm. uh, and I've always been fascinated by it. I didn't know that there was actual blood on it. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, that there's no mm-hmm. image under the blood, which is very strange, and uh, and you know didn't know that uh, the carbon dating was wrong which is very fascinating. Uh, Let me tell you about the Tuttle Twins. If you haven't gone to the website and gotten the Tuttle Twins' latest history book, you really want to do it now. They have an amazing special I'll tell you about here in a second, and you don't want to miss out. Today is the last day. The Tuttle Twins are in a mission to help families learn our story. Not the dates, not the names, our story. They're doing wonderful books for kids of all ages that teach about the history of America. If we can understand the stories and the ideas that made America so special, we'll know how important it is to preserve our stories and our freedoms. Most textbooks don't teach this, but America's history books do from the Tuttle Twins. Celebrate the release of their new book, Tuttle Twins giving away a family getaway vacation to visit the historic sites around Boston. There's no purchase necessary. Just go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com, order the book, get all the entry information and official rules for the vacation getaway at TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Today is the last day to enter for the giveaway. Last day today, TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. The Glenn Beck Program. Glenn Beck Program. Uh, Here we are at the precipice of a weekend. And uh, feels good, doesn't it? Feels good. Uh, Despite all of the madness happening in the world. By the way, speaking of the madness happening in the world, um, people still stepping up. And we interviewed Joe the Plumber uh, maybe an hour ago or so. And uh, he's he's got stage three pancreatic cancer. And in just, what, an hour and change, 
uh, this audience has stepped up big time. And now there's uh, um, $63,000 total so far. So that's another, I don't know, it was 45000 Now we're at sixty three. So that's over 15000 more. So 30000 plus uh, just since the end of the interview from you. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much. Um, a really awkward moment happened with uh, South Carolina's Nancy Mace, a U.S. representative from South Carolina. She was at the prayer breakfast that they hold uh, every year, and she had something very interesting to tell the people who were gathered at the prayer breakfast yesterday. Check this out. If you believe we have crashed craft, uh, stated earlier, do we have the bodies of the pilots who piloted? If no. you believe we have crashed That's not the craft, prayer. that's not the prayer breakfast. It's uh, another standing room only event. Yeah, here it is. And when I woke up this morning at seven, I, I was getting picked up at seven forty-five. Patrick, my fiance, tried to pull me by my waist over this morning in bed, and I was like, "No, baby, we don't got time for that this morning. Uh, I got to get to the prayer breakfast, uh, wait, and I got to be on time." And a little ah. TMI, but um, yeah, I. Yeah, you know, a lot TMI. He's got, we got, I'll see him later tonight. Um, but I was oh, here okay. early. Uh, at the prayer breakfast, <laughs> she's announcing to everybody that she turned down the sex with the person she's not quite married to quite yet. Um, but she promises, yeah, later on, don't worry about it. When I get home tonight, it's on. Like Donkey Kong. So that was great. Uh, just a tad inappropriate. Maybe some of those things you just keep in your inside voice from now on, uh, Nancy. Just a quick suggestion. The Glenn Beck Program.